then we're going to begin. Lord, thank you for uh, some lunch, and uh, we pray, Lord, that you just uh, be with us even now as we think about uh, how you would want us to be living our lives as we engage with the world around us and where you placed us, and what does it mean to live out of the gospel um, even now. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, um, this seminar, uh, let, me, let me just kind of do a big picture for you. Um, over the course of this week, you've had just a ton of great teaching, and we've had a, a lot of different themes. You've heard from Chad and Tom from the book of Colossians, all right, and uh, what does it mean to be stained? We've been engaging with what does it mean to be stained by Christ. We've talked with Rick, okay, what does it mean to be actually in the lives of other people? One through five, guys, Here's one through five. Come on in and have a seat. Stay in the front. We're trying to fill the front, because we're going to keep the lights dim on there, so come on in. So you've been hearing a lot. You've been, you've been listening to a lot. You've had a lot of great content, a lot of great teaching coming at you. Um, and at the same time, uh, what Barry teach you? What did you get from Barry? What was the seminar about? Christ and interpretation. About what? The Bible. So, so what, what like practical thing did you take away from, from Barry? He was teaching you. Yeah. Pretty much everything was, uh, everything in the Bible is about Christ. <coughs> in the Bible, uh, practically, what's the Bible talking about, and how do we study our Bible, okay? And that's what it was, that was intended to be. You, you received a lot of great teaching, and then we're also trying to give you some practical tools, okay? And I hope you're, hope you're beginning to see this. There, um, we're, we're wanting to engage with our hearts, okay, as Rick was talking about the well, the well of our hearts, and that Jesus is, is truly the one that goes in and changes our well so that it produces not black oil, but it actually produces... Um, produces good fruit, produces joy, produces a life that is uh, it's just beautiful, and that's what we live out of. Um, what we want to do here, again, is kind of give you another tool, um, a tool just like a tool of how do you study your Bible, like how do we grow as Christians? Well, God gives us his word and says, here's how you grow, know me, know me through my word that I've given to you, here I am. Um, at the same time, uh, we, we live in a world around us where we're, we're constantly engaging with um, not just life. You know? There's elements of culture. There's uh, relationships that we're engaging in with Christians and non-Christians alike. And what we wanted this uh, seminar to be about is to, to really give you um, another tool to help you think and help you engage um, the world that we all live in. And it's, it's, it's both the world outside the, the doors of the church and it's the world inside the doors of the church. Okay? And uh, what, we, what we call it, okay, practical tools for culture engagement, SOAR. So we're going to go into this uh, real, real quickly. And um, the reason I want, I want us to, to think here, we're going to look at some case studies, we're going to have some fun. Um, hopefully this isn't, isn't a lot of me talking at you, we're actually going to we're going to talk, and that's why I want you all up here, because we're going to try some time. Um, but we have a tendency 
we have a knee-jerk reaction. You ever been to the doctor, and you sit on the edge of the table, and he takes that little rubber triangle hammer, and he taps you on the knee, what happens? Bang. It's just reflex, right? And you can't even control it. You just bap, boom, and your leg kicks out. And if your leg doesn't kick out, he's actually saying, oh, something's not quite right here. Um, well, we have, a, we have a knee-jerk reaction that we as Christians do a lot. And the knee-jerk reaction goes something like this, all right? I'll just use a movie as an example, okay? A movie, we see a movie on TV, or we see a movie in the movie theater, um, and, it, and immediately we say, look at that movie. It's bad. I'm not going to go see it. Okay? And this is a big general example. But our tendency is to, is to observe something and immediately react to it. And, and we, we really, we, and I'm even I'm saying me, we, corporately, um, we, we don't take the time, a lot of time, to really think about what, what we're looking at. And to engage it and say, okay, what, what is this in front of me? Whatever it is. And uh, what's happening in this? And what's good and what's bad? And now how do I respond to it? Okay? We tend to go from, we'll look at SOAR, survey to react or respond. Does that make sense? We do this really quickly. Um, and sometimes we can see this even in some um, like Christian leaders uh, over the last 10 years. They, they do this. Like, we all do this. Something will happen. Um, something will come out. Th- this happened with Harry Potter. I don't know if you, if you, if you all read Harry Potter, if you've watched the movies or whatever. But this, Harry Potter was an example. And I don't, or, you know, you may love, you may hate, you may, whatever. But Harry Potter was, was so interesting to me because if you, if you watched how um, a lot of Christians responded to it, it came out and it was about what? A wizard. Okay? So the, 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 the deal was, it's about a wizard, there's magic, it's bad, don't read it. And there was nothing more. I mean, it was just that fast. What I want to challenge us to do is to say, let's take a little more time to think about what are we looking at so that when we do respond, we respond in such a way that is, that is well thought through, it's informed, and as a Christian, um, we're able to assess, okay, how, how, do I, how do I speak to this? How do I engage with it? Well, let's and we'll look at some um, examples. This will become a little bit more clear. And ultimately, when we talk about it in the theme of being stained, um, when Jesus changes our hearts well, we, we begin to stop playing defense and we get to play offense. Okay, here's, here's how this works. When, when Jesus changes our heart, which he has, all right, he has and he will continue to, to change your heart. Um, we, we get the opportunity as a Christian to actually walk out the doors and step into relationships with other people, step into the culture that we live in, and we get, to, we get to take and be a Christian, which, which looks different. We get, to, we get to think well through a biblical lens about that. Um, whether it's Harry Potter, whether it's MTV, 
the newspaper, whatever. But we, we get to think differently because we are stained. And that's offense. And we'll go into that a little bit more. But okay, let me introduce you to Sore, all right? Uh, now let's have the lights. We can, we can, show can everybody see? I just want to make sure you all can see this. And that you don't know. Uh, can you see back there? This? Is that is it clear? Okay. Okay. So, survey. Uh, initially, if we see something, we're going to look at some examples here in just a second, so this will probably become a little bit more clear. But again, this is, you know, what is this? So you might be looking at uh, a picture or a magazine article or, you know, whatever it is, a billboard. And you say, well, what is this thing here? What am I looking at? And the, the, in that case, let's just say a billboard. Um, you, you see a, a billboard and you say, well, what is it? Well, it's a billboard. Well, what's the general point? Well, it's a billboard. It's trying to catch my attention and probably promote something. Okay? It could be Oreo cookies or adoption. I mean, it, it could be anything. It's trying to catch my attention. Observe. So what do you see or hear? What story is being told in whatever it is? So now we're taking it just a little step further. Now instead of saying, okay, it's a billboard with a picture of a cookie and a glass of milk, uh, we're saying... Well, what, what's, what's being demonstrated within that, uh, within that billboard? And maybe a billboard's a bad example in this case, but um, again, this will become a little more clear. We're going to walk through it, and, and these guys are going to walk through some examples. But then you begin to dial it in a little bit more, and you say, analyze. So now we say, okay, what worldview assumptions underlie the story being told? So now we're going, okay, so what, the people who, who made this, what are they trying to communicate to us? What, what, what's in here? What message is actually up there in this particular picture or magazine article or movie or whatever, okay? And then as we're beginning to analyze, we say, well, how does the story begin to compare to the creation, fall, redemption, consummation? So now we look and say, we as Christians are a part of a timeline in salvation history that uh, starts at creation and ends in Jesus coming back in a new heavens and a new earth. Now we say, okay, now how, that's our reality as Christians. Now how does whatever we're looking at, how do these two things interact? And then we begin to, we begin to affirm. So we might look at, um, again, some, some, we'll look at some examples here so it's a little more clear, but uh, we might be able to look at, uh, let's just say, uh, the book I just mentioned, Harry Potter. Okay, so you look at Harry Potter and you say, uh, I want to affirm biblical, uh, some, some, I want to observe that it's a book and here's what it looks like. Now I want to begin to affirm or challenge things within the book. So you might be able to challenge and say, well, okay, it is a book about magic and sorcery and that's an element in it. But there's also a fight for good and evil within this book. And there are, um, there's an element of self-sacrifice that's present of laying, laying down for your neighbor. And so you begin to kind of go, hey, wait a minute. This whole thing, there's elements of very good truth in here that need to be, we need to be aware of. So let's, let's slow ourselves down. Let's not let the triangle kick our knee too fast. What does this look like? Then we respond. All right, I rushed through that. But I want, um, we're going to look at some, some scenarios. Any questions right now? You all following with me? Everybody sleeping? Raise your hand if you're sleeping. All right. Okay. Tom, uh, 
see, Ryan is actually going to uh, give us an example here with a song. Yeah, uh, we'll go on that in just one second. I wanted to touch on a couple of things here that um, will help us, I think, do what we're about to do. First of all, some, some big picture things need to be said. One, how many, how many of you guys have heard the word stained this week? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, the thing is, is that I, we, we, I kind of have to confess something to you. We've done you guys a disservice. You know what we've done? We've actually not been very clear about being stained. We've used stained, and like if you were to look up, open a dictionary, and you go to that word, and you're going to find three or four different entries in the way that we have been using the word stained this, this week, right? We've been using it a couple different ways. First of all, you heard that, oh, you know, God, Tom, talk, was it you that talked about staying your death? No what? Staying your death? Is that you or Chad? Yes. Chad? Both? Okay. Both of you all. Talked about staining your deck and how, and that when you become a Christian, when you find life in Christ, you are stained by Christ. That you are made holy, spotless, pure, as it were, right? How many of you have heard that sense of the word stained this week? Okay, good. If you haven't, come punch us because we've been trying to drill it into your brains, right? But Tom will make a turn tonight in the way that he talks about being stained, and that is this. That when we enter into the world as Christians, that it's going to be messy. Do you know what I mean by that? It's going to be messy. That to live as a Christian in the world means that you get dirt underneath your fingernails. It means God never, ever, ever intends for you and me and our Christian circles to retreat back from the world. So when we talk about being stained in that sense, what we really mean is, is that as Christians, we, we're always called to get our hands a little dirty, to put calluses on them, to get our fingernails you know, you know, covered in grit, as it were, with uh, the world that we interact with. Here's what I mean. Here's an example. Some of you as teenagers, as high schoolers, you're going to be faced with a challenge, and through your parents' wisdom and conversations with them, and perhaps your youth pastors, the question is going to come, Hey, so-and-so, do you want to come to my party? And you're going to go to a party, and there, there may be alcohol, you know, there's going to be pot, whatever else at these parties, and you're going, to make a you're going to have to make a decision about how do I interact with these people who don't claim Jesus, who don't know Jesus, and you can either say, you know what, I am out of here altogether, which in some cases might be the very best and wise thing to do. But in other cases, you're going to have to wrestle with what Christian maturity looks like. It looks like remaining present in that sort of circumstance. Does that make sense? It won't always be a mentality of retreat. How do we know this? Here is how we know it. Jesus, uh, how many of you guys remember the Garden of Gethsemane? Absolutely. John 17, this is where Jesus is about to die. Now, you've heard of people giving death wishes. What's a death wish? Anybody? Yeah? Like when someone's dying, they want someone to do something for them. Yeah, that's right. Yes. You know, you see it like, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood movies, you know, make my day, sucker. You know, you have a death wish or something like that, right? And the idea there is, is what are your dying wishes? Do you, listen very, please listen very carefully. Do you know that Jesus is dying, that Jesus is dying wish for you is? That you would not retreat. 
that you would remain present in a world that desperately needs you so that it will become more beautiful. That is his dying wish for you. You may prove it. Listen to this. This is his prayer that he's praying for every single one of you and me too. Listen to what he says. Father, I am coming to you now. But I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they, he's talking about you, may have the full measure of joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer, here it is, my prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. They are not of this world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. So here's what he's saying. Make your people more holy while they're still in the world. Yes. That's John 17, 13 and following. Okay, you're welcome. Now, why do I say, why is this all important? That means when you enter into the world, a world that is good that God has made, do you have a license to retreat? No. I'll ask it again. Do you have a license to retreat? No. no. Don't. What does that mean then as we try to enter in? In this second question, you see this phrase here, creation, fall, redemption, and consummation. Who knows what that means? Like, has Barry talked about that this week at all? It's okay if he hasn't. That creation, fall, redemption, consummation. Okay, here's what that means. Creation, fall, redemption, consummation is, a, is what we're saying is almost a grid work. It's like... If you, got, if you got glasses, you're putting them on behind your ears and you're seeing the world through that framework. What does that mean? Creation. God created a world. Genesis 1. Absolutely beautiful. In fact, he said it was what? Good. Not only good, but what happens when he made the final female? Very good. That's right. It's a world that was very good. Ladies, you're God's crowning achievement. You should take pride in that, okay? It was all just good, but when y'all came around, it was very good, okay? Now listen. God makes that world, but what happens? Ladies, this one's on y'all too. <laughs> the fall, right? Everything, everything becomes marred, as it were. Is it ruined? Is it ruined? No. One professor says it like this. God doesn't make junk, and He doesn't junk what He has made. I'll say that again. God doesn't make junk, and He does not junk what He has made. That means... Though we live in a fallen world, there's still possibilities of beauty and glory and nobility right here in this world. You are an image bearer of God, but guess what? You are also a sinner in deep need of God's grace. But we're not only creation fall, we're in the middle of what's called, right here, redemption. Jesus Christ has in fact come. And guess what He says He's doing? Matthew 19.28 He's bringing about the renewal of all things. Everything is going to be made new. If you think your, I don't know, girlfriend or boyfriend is beautiful or hot, you ain't seen nothing yet. The day is coming where they will be made more beautiful that if you were to look at anybody, your brother, your sister, your teacher, your parents, they would be made so beautiful you would want to fall down and worship them. That's their destiny. The day is coming and we call that day the consummation. The day that everything is made perfect. And that comes when Jesus comes again. 
Here's what all this means. Whenever we look out into the world, we have to view everything through that storyline of creation, fall, redemption, consummation. So, all that's very important because we have to know that's the standard by which we're going to judge everything. Okay? That's all very confusing perhaps, so I'm going to give you a practical example. The band out of England that's pretty up and coming right now is a band called Mumford and Sons. How many of you guys have ever heard of them? Okay, cool, like two or three, awesome. Probably because of, I've been ranting and raving about them all week long. They're fantastic. I don't know if they're Christians. I've not had them over. There's no like artist statement about them. I did go to their show and got to hang out and rib the, the Brits about their loss in the soccer game against uh, the United States, which was really kind of fun. But um, I don't know if they're Christians or not, but we want to listen to one of their songs. And here's what I want you to do. Pay attention with this grid work of sore. What is this? What's the general point? I'll go ahead and tell you that. It's a song, and it's a song about relationship and love. Okay? Observe. What do you, I want you to just pay attention. We'll have the lyrics up here. You can listen to the music. Then we'll analyze and respond. I'm going to kind of help you with this so that, Tom, you guys can do it as an exercise. So let me get this set up, and uh, we'll try to move quickly. All right, this is called Sign No More. And it's uh, by a band named Mumford and & Sons. And, uh, you know, it, I, I, I will confess that um, you may have to, uh, if you feel like standing up and, like, dancing, uh, you know, it's completely okay with me. Because it's that killer of a song.
right, so uh, there you have it, Mumford and Sons, go buy the album. <laughs> but um, what did you notice uh, in this song? What did you pick up? What did you see? What did you hear? What did you notice about the way the music began to swell? You know, that sort of little breakdown they had, it's killer. But what, um, what do you notice about this song? You just, we're, we're going to abbreviate what Tom had planned, and we're going to kind of deal with this just a little bit. Here's what's the thing that you saw. One, this is a song about love. This is a song about relationship. Can we as Christians affirm those things? Absolutely we can. Can we, can we say that for somebody to write a love song is a good and beautiful thing? We better hope so because uh, Jesus does it all throughout the scriptures. The Holy Spirit does it through the Psalms. It's, we better be able to say that. What about relationship? What about the love that a man has for a woman and vice versa? Can we as Christians affirm that? Yes. Absolutely we can. And it's right there in the song. And like I said, I, you're not going to find this song on Christian radio. See what I'm getting at? Okay, secondly, what about this? Did you see that line? Uh, love that will not betray you, dismay or enslave you. It will set you free. Now just pause there for a second. You may not be old enough yet for this, but when you're in your 20s and 30s, it is very possible, especially in... in uh, our generation, that there is, there is much to be cynical, jaded, and skeptical about, about relationship. If you, if you don't think I'm telling the truth, uh, just people have been, have been burned relationally. We, I, I mean, I, I just feel like I have to preach a whole sermon on this. It's just too, it's just too big. The point I'm trying to make is, though, is that that mentality right there is actually very uh, hard to find in the world today. Unless you're a hopeless romantic, which some of you might be. But age has a way of sadly diminishing that. It really does. But that's actually not what the Christian storyline is. Listen to what C.S. Lewis says uh, in one of his quotes. He says this about love. He says... Uh, he says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, Motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. You'll get what you want. It won't be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. Mumford and Sons is saying that exact same thing. This is not a Christian band. This will challenge a lot of you because you're going, wait a second here. They're saying stuff that's like good, true, and beautiful. And what do I do with that? So, what we've just done, we've gone through SOAR. We've tried to survey it. We've tried to observe what it was. We've tried to analyze it. And now that we respond, and some of the responding is just what we've talked about. I've just mentioned, like, what does this do to me? How am I going to now interact with uh, Mumford & Sons as a piece of art? 
how am I going to interact with those who share similar world and life views and have to help them out in this? And how am I going to talk to people who are different from me? Those are all things that we have to discern. Let me tell you what. If some of you are saying this, well, it just sounds really hard, Ryan. I don't know what to do with all that. I, the only thing I can say is two things. One, uh, it's okay. We've got a life together that we can learn how to do this. So there's grace. But two, guess what? You can't retreat from it. That is, that is our calling to remain in this world and to begin to think Christianly about some of these things. So uh, anyways, we... Tom got short step. You can just do the next session. Uh, what other things, comments? John, you might need to wrap up or something. I'm just trying to think here. We had a lot to say. And we did. We have what? You can do it. We have 15 minutes? Holy cow. I have no idea. Questions, comments? Yes, Amelia. Uh, I think that is the four loves. It may be a grief observed. Sometimes it repeats themselves. So he does. It may be an either or those. Thank you, Michael. Yes. Where did you say they're from? This band? Yeah. They're from England. Yeah. Across the pond. <laughs> yes, come. They have a lot of songs referring to God and Christian. Uh, they they don't necessarily no, but they have they write a lot about their lives and about experience and about what they've seen as good and true. Now. Um, about that song, <coughs> oh man, just extra, this is footnote, I'll shut up. Talk about later, give extra time. Alright, um, we're going to watch a clip. This is mainly for the guys, so just hang in there girls, but you'll know what I mean. about with the show The Bachelorette. If you're not familiar with it, one girl 
Her name is Allie, is on this show, and she, if you, it wasn't turned up, but I wish you could have heard the first line of this video. She says, I'm dating 17 guys, and I hope to find my husband. And, you know, you just have to hear the humor in that, that basically the way the show is set up is that she dates 17 guys, and week after week she lets one of them go to the end where she's supposed to find true love. And the way the show is set up, if you're not familiar, is they take them to the most exotic places in the world, and they go to Hollywood and Las Vegas and Fiji and Turkey, and uh, they just they go everywhere in the world, um, and they set up these little picnic baskets everywhere they go, and they drink wine, and it's just the most overindulgent sensory overload, over romanticized sort of thing, and you love it. <laughs> Our culture loves it, and we're going to ask ourselves why. So survey The Bachelorette for me. What is it? It's a TV show. Um, observe. What is it about? What's the story that The Bachelorette is telling our culture? We, we want to find true love. What else? Okay, what else? It, it's all about like what it looks like to date. It's telling that story. Absolutely. What else? It's about feelings and stuff. It, 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 a huge part of dating is how you feel. It's all about how you feel when you when you're with right. someone from the opposite sex. It is. Thank you. You must have watched it. It is all about. I've actually never watched Okay, but she just know. It's all about what you can do for me. The way Allie decides who she's going to keep. Try to raise your hand so we can hear everybody. It's very God 
said, it's not good for man to be alone. swept off our feet, if only we knew what that really should look like. What else? Good. <laughs> That's really good. I mean, we live in a broken world, and, to, and what Ryan just read, that C.S. Lewis quote, you could just separate your heart from anyone and never give it to anyone. And then you heard what he said, what happened. tendency to retreat from the world. If you're t you know this about yourself. If you have a tendency and you look at things like TV shows and, and non-Christian music and you, and you have a tendency because it's uncomfortable to retreat, you needed to hear all these things. Now some of you in here have a tendency to just drive right into pop culture and consume all of it blindly. And what you need to know is that we at the same time can challenge these things with our Christian worldview. Like what we just heard that it, that is degrading often to either the woman or the man, depending on um, whether it's the bachelor, the bachelorette, whatever. It's, it's incredibly degrading. Um, that this show, uh, anyway, I won't tell y'all. I want y'all to tell me. For those of you that might know, what what can we challenge as Christians about? And, and can, can I interject? How, if if the producers of the show were sitting right here, right now, if Allie were up here right now, if those men that that were up there were right here right now. How would you talk to them in your critique? In other words, I don't want you to load the bazookas and just start firing off. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that part of critique is being able to critique in a graceful way. Okay? And it's just as important as what you would say. So keep that in mind as you critique. Brokenness of the world. We're trying to find our redemption in so many things that don't work. Well, the guys are kind of being used in that. Like, okay, you're not good enough for me. You're not good enough for me. Like, they're just like going through kind of like what she said. Like, they're just they're just there to like see if maybe they're the one for her. Like, she's kind of just going through all of them. And then if she doesn't like anyone, it's like that was pointless. Like, why did I spend all this time with you? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. 